What up, HyperChange? Welcome to another episode. Today, we're doing an update on SpaceX. Elon Musk's electric vehicle Tesla isn't the only company skyrocketing in valuation. SpaceX um, recently uh, was featured in a Bloomberg article last week saying the company is in talks to raise funds at a $44 billion valuation. This would be the highest ever. Looks like they're trying to raise about a billion bucks at a price of 270 per share. This would be the largest, at least, funding round uh, that SpaceX has done that I can find in recent history. Um, usually, uh, it's not too out of the ordinary, though. Usually, the company, every six to nine months does one of these, you know, funding rounds to keep the company going. SpaceX is private. So unfortunately, we can't see any of the financials. We don't really know what's going on with the company. They don't need to report anything. Um, it's totally not run like Tesla, which is a public company. Elon Musk has been very adamant about his ideas to not IPO SpaceX because um, of the, you know, misalignment of incentives, essentially. Going public with Tesla was a very frustrating experience for Elon Musk. Um, a lot of short-term critics and skepticism, you know, potentially like really did some damage to the company, frankly. Um, and it put a lot of undue, you know, unnecessary scrutiny on the company, its financials, its business model. So SpaceX, they've chosen a totally different route. It's not public. You can't see the financials. They don't want to IPO it because Elon Musk wants to retain control of the company. And going to Mars is a huge, super long-term mission that could be jeopardized if short-term incentives and shareholders get in the way of this long-term vision that is going to take decades and decades of long-term investment, super long-term thinking, potentially almost like we've never really seen in the public markets um, for this vision to be achieved. And so that's why I think with great reason, Elon Musk and the SpaceX team do not want to go public or are fighting that with everything they can. According to my research, it looks like Elon Musk owns about 54% of SpaceX, at least outright. He has potentially, it looks like 78% of voting control. Once again, I'm not sure if these are the exact numbers are up to date. This is just what my research showed and what people replied to my tweet with. Um, so my guess is what's happening here at SpaceX. I mean, first of all, we've seen Tesla soar from this 30 or $40 billion valuation range now $250 billion. Um, SpaceX here valued at $44 billion, up from the $38 billion funding round that they were just raising out a few months ago. So still increasing in value, but nowhere near seeing the dramatic fundamental, you know, double or triple or quadruple step change in fundamental asset value that Tesla's seen over the near term. And so I personally think that this is a massive gap. I think long-term SpaceX has the opportunity to be just as big as Tesla. We're talking about $2 trillion companies in the making. The fact that one guy is running them both at once, mind-boggling, we can get to that later. But I wanted to fill you guys in because I actually, um, I, many of you watching the channel know, I've been working on a deal behind the scenes in the private markets to be able to invest myself and, and a couple friends into SpaceX. Um, this is something that I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm totally out of my depth. I've been just using all the connections I have, learning like crazy to basically try and source a deal from a venture fund who's willing to part with some shares, figure out how to buy those shares with a group of friends. And I, that deal closed today. So fingers crossed, I'm actually a SpaceX investor, full disclosure. Um, I'm not really, I haven't been able to clear um, everything that I did with the people I did it with. So I don't want to talk about publicly like how I did the deal and how I invested. I'm going to make a whole video about that soon when I, the second I can. So you can stay tuned for that. But I just wanted to address this really quickly because I'm getting so many tweets, so many emails, so many notes about how do I invest in SpaceX? Galley, let me in. Here's my money. How do I do it? Um, and I, I feel you. I desperately felt that way too. I was like, oh my God, SpaceX is going to change the world. We're going to get to Mars. Starlink is going to be the new internet backbone for the digital economy. Like this is such an exciting future I believe in that I'm I'm desperate to be a part of. I'm obsessed with SpaceX, so I worked my ass off to figure out how to behind the scenes pay a, an absurd amount of fees to be able to get access um, or even think I got. I don't even know if I actually did get into SpaceX, but just to be able to try to get in because I think this is so game changing. It's super frustrating that it's not easy that, you know, all of you can't just click and buy into SpaceX like Tesla. You know, I'm feeling a little bit guilty personally that like I got to invest or I think I got to invest and none of my subscribers did. 
I went through a huge back and forth of trying to let in as many people as possible, but also just, I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't want to lose your super hard-earned money because I make a dumb mistake. So that's why I didn't take on any money from anyone I didn't know. Um, but anyway, my, the point is here, it's extremely impossible to invest in SpaceX, but I think there's, you know, I think there, you have to be an accredited investor. You have to know a VC. You have to, you know, get access to these shares. You probably have to pay a ton of fees if you don't have fifties or hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, it's kind of a nightmare. And the flip side of that is, you know, it sucks that the public can't invest, but Elon Musk has been able to retain control of his company and they've been able to really focus on the long term, And that's what they want at the end of the day. And they will not trade that off for getting access to the public market or these smaller investors. And that's a really, really difficult trade-off that the companies had to make. But I give Elon and, and SpaceX huge, huge props for just that commitment to the long-term nature um, of the company. But what I think now is happening is a major, major inflection point in SpaceX why I personally invested, because I think the value is about to skyrocket, um, because I think, you know, going up until now, SpaceX has really been this launch business, contracting with the government, launching different stuff into space, um, built, you know, sort of an R&D mode, doing these governmental science projects. Now they're getting ready to launch Starlink, Starlink, a low earth satellite or orbit, you know, basically satellite internet service that is going to have tens of thousands of satellites in the sky, beaming down this broadband speed like internet to everywhere on the globe. This is launching. I just got the email. I made a whole video about it. Um, but this is launching in beta in the U S and Canada in 2020. Like this is happening now. It's been years and years in the works, but SpaceX with their game changing, cheaper, reusable rocket launch technology is leveraging that to make it way cheaper and easier to launch a bunch of satellites. So their, their own satellite Starlink is SpaceX's own customer. I mean, this is genius business model innovation here. But the point is, is this Starlink shift is a dramatic pivot for SpaceX's business inflection point growing up, whatever you want to call it, because now they're not marketing and dealing with just governments. They're dealing with people, the world. Um, they're going to, you know, become a consumer service. And this really got me thinking when uh, Gwen Shotwell, you know, said at this JP Morgan conference, like we're considering IPing, IPOing just Starlink. At first, I had originally made a whole video about, you know, how and why SpaceX should IPO, making this whole pitch about giving employees liquidity, da da da, um, increasing the valuation. But then I was like, wait, that gives up control. Them spinning out Starlink is a genius move from a fiscal engineering uh, strategy perspective because, you know, they create this other entity, Starlink, to spin out. They can raise, you know, let's say they sell 25% of Starlink at $10 billion. They raise $2.5 billion in capital for core SpaceX without diluting core SpaceX. They just diluted ownership in this Starlink satellite internet business. So Elon Musk will still retain that 54% or, you know, majority control of the core SpaceX asset while allowing new investors to come into Starlink, while unlocking the value of Starlink to get more capital into SpaceX to fund that long-term mission, a genius move um, from a strategic perspective. So I think SpaceX is in the process of, yeah, they're, and, and first of all, they're about to break the system. There's not that many private companies valued at 44 billion. Usually people IPO to get much bigger sums of money at this stage. But SpaceX is a very, very unique uh, beast of a company. But now that they're getting ready to do Starlink, ready to do consumers, you know, Morgan Stanley is out with a note saying it's going to require tens of billions of infrastructure for launches for the receiver infrastructure to be able to pull off this internet um, service. So SpaceX needs massive amounts of capital up front. They need to be able to dilute um, you know, the equity in their businesses at, at the minimum possible to be able to retain the most ownership because Starlink, you know, yeah, sure, 10 billion sounds like a great valuation now, but think about two or three years from now when they get this up and running, millions of people around the world are using it, this could be worth 100 billion. So you don't want to sell too much of it. But that's the genius of Starlink. Starlink is going to become the cash cow for SpaceX, to the ATM for Mars, if you will, if they IPO this because they can leverage that equity in Starlink. They sold 25% at 10 billion, wait till it goes to 25 billion, sell another 10% for 2.5 billion, 
bam, we still own, you know, 65% majority control of Starlink. Then it goes to 50 bill. We'll sell another 10% for five bill. You can start using this as the ATM to fund all of core SpaceX's operations um, as it loses money. And I think that's the plan here. And that financial incentive to use the Starlink as an ATM should be exciting for you because it means that the IPO um, is, is on the agenda. And that's why we're seeing them talk about it. And personally, I think SpaceX hasn't figured any of this out. Like, I think they're literally thinking about it right now. Like, how do we IPO? How do we get the 10 billion we need? How do we keep the control? How do we think long-term? Like, this is all a very, very fluid situation. Um, but, you know, going back to this Wall Street Journal article that leaked a, a few years ago about SpaceX, Starlink is how they're going to make money, or that's internally what the company was thinking. Not launches. It's really Starlink about how the financial game changer occurs to really fund Mars. And so, that to me is yet another signal that we are truly at an inflection and catalyst point for SpaceX. Um, you know, I think the valuation of 44 billion is frankly a joke. I think that is way too cheap for a company that is, you know, we just returned astronauts from, you know, US soil to space, like, and we're gonna pick them back up. I mean, this is, you know, NASA couldn't even have pulled this off. Like private companies are pushing the envelope and the frontier on space. I mean, this is a new space era that just launched in the middle of this pandemic when SpaceX was able to do the Crew Dragon uh, partnership with NASA and pull off that launch successfully. Like that, to me, launched a massive new private era and boom of space flight that's going to last decades. I mean, you know, I really think science fiction is the future. We are going to be out there looking like Star Wars and Star Trek, exploring the stars, and there's going to be massive technology companies that need to be built to build the systems, the tools, the spaceships to get us all around the galaxies that we're about to explore and inhabit. And there's so much technology that needs to be built. There's so many problems to solve, and there's so much opportunity to build a massive space company, Railroads 2.0, when we had to, you know, settle America. Everybody built these massive railroad companies. Those became, you know, the biggest companies in the world at the time. SpaceX is building the railroads to space. Imagine how many different businesses, how much entrepreneurship, how much value will be unlocked in society in the simulation once we go from humans being on, you know, smart monkeys with computers on one planet to smart monkeys on computers with two planets. I mean, the DCF model of, of humanity's net present value of cash flows goes up through the roof the second we start realizing we can expand into other planets. And so I personally think one of the most exciting things about the next 50 years, the next 100 years, is this idea that we will actually colonize space. Space, that this isn't science fiction. This is our inevitable future. And the companies building that are, are going to be massive companies, trillions of dollars of value, um, and the amount of businesses they will unlock beyond exploration, like satellite internet. I don't know. If asteroid mining, is this feasible? I am so curious if I asked Elon Musk about asteroid mining, if he would be like, this is totally BS. It's never going to work. Such a waste of time. Or he'd be like, oh yeah, we're totally going to get into that. I don't know which way he's going to go. If you have an idea, leave it below. But the point being is this technology of being able to move humans further, faster, safer in space is a really big business that is going to unlock a, a long tail of a bunch of other businesses, or even not even people in space, stuff like satellites. And so this technology of reusable rockets, I think, yes, maybe SpaceX's launch business does two to three billion or one to two billion a year in revenue right now, and they're losing money on it. How is this worth 20 times sales of a low gross margin losing money business? Because it takes time for, for you to monetize technology. And, and the deeper and the more complicated that technology, the more nuanced the field, the more com complex and regulatory burdens that exist for that product, um, the longer it will take to see the lag of that, uh, you know, monetization from that technological breakthrough. So in my opinion, SpaceX has done the hundreds of billions of dollars of technological breakthroughs to unlock massive value, which is the reusable rocket. Like they've done all the hard work. The rockets are reusable. They're working. Now it's just about the decades of monetizing that technological breakthrough. And that's why the financial statements are looking so, so far behind the true intrinsic value of this company. And that's why 
why investors are paying $44 billion for a company doing a couple billion in revenue, losing money because they see this potential. And that's why all of you are begging to invest in this company at this $44 billion valuation probably because you see the vision and the future too. And you know, SpaceX, look at like Dish Network, the crappiest internet satellite service ever that's way too expensive, that sucks, has like 10 million users. Imagine if SpaceX has 10 million users at 10 bucks a month, we're already talking about like a billion dollar business. So, you know, this is quickly becoming um, I think one of the most exciting, game-changing uh, stories in capitalism right now, you know, Tesla, uh, seeing Tesla go and be extremely successful and get validated and go from this 30 to 40 billion to multi-hundred billion dollar sort of evolution, you know, opening up this funding for the capital markets, um, you know, I kind of in a weird way see a parallel with SpaceX where Starlink is the financial inflection and the ATM to really carry this business model to the next level that really validates that original breakthrough piece of technology they had, the reusable rockets. Is this going to work? Could this make us a ton of money? That you know, the, the Model S and X, this battery technology, is it going to make it work? Is it going get, to get, make us a ton of money? Bam, Model 3, all of a sudden the business model works. We're making a ton of money. We can invest in all the other bazillion crazy schemes we have. That's the inflection point of where this goes from VC-backed science project to real company that's going to change the world and impact millions of people. That's exactly the inflection point SpaceX is at right now. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I, I just think there's so many ways to slice and dice this. I just feel like there's a big, something big is about to drop in SpaceX. I don't know what's happening behind the scenes. Obviously, I try to invest because I'm obsessed with this company, this vision, this mission. Um, but I really hope that they open this up. And I really hope that they can figure out a way for Elon to keep control, for it to focus, uh, be focused on the long term, but to open it up to other people. Because I think you are really one of the biggest assets that SpaceX has. The fact that Starlink is not going to have to spend a dollar in marketing, but that millions of people are, around the world are already begging to use it is a massive financial arbitrage that it has. So, I, you know, I don't know. I think getting people involved as shareholders is really important. Creating more owners is super important. And I would love for SpaceX to really open it up and allow the people who believe in the future of space to invest in their company versus you know VC funds who just wanna make a return for really, really rich people, making rich people richer, instead of like giving the little guy who believes in Mars a shot to fund, to put his money into this technology that he wants to see, you know, be built in the future. Like that's, you know, that's where, that's the side I came from for SpaceX was like, you know, shit, I hope somebody builds the Star Trek SpaceX future for us because we need to. We have the opportunity. There's too many of us on this planet. We need to expand. It's not a defensive fear move, and it's an excitement exploring move. To me, it's like, you know, if you were going back in time at like a timeline of civilization and you could pick like the most exciting moment to come back in humanity and join and invest in companies and study technology, I mean, how would you not want to come back 20 years after the internet hit the mainstream, the second we were about to go from figuring out how to make Earth sustainable and starting to colonize a new planet? I mean, this is the zero to one moment for humanity. SpaceX is the technology company that is allowing that to happen um, for us to go to a new rock. And I just think it could not, there's nothing more exciting than that um, happening in the world right now. And I expect the pendulum of attention to start swinging to SpaceX massively in the future. I think there is a huge opportunity if they can unlock the retail investor base. This is the real kicker of why I think the SpaceX finance team should consider IPOing or opening up um, access to their financial cap table or whatever, because 
um, you know, you can get a much higher valuation. Starlink is worth $5 billion if you try and peddle it to VCs, 15 if you give it to the retail investors who get it. Same with SpaceX. I think SpaceX, if it were a public company now, is worth way over $50, $100 billion. Um, Maybe it wouldn't have been before Tesla had skyrocketed. But the point being here, you know, maybe you should give Tesla employees access to be able to invest in SpaceX. You know, give SpaceX employees easier way to cash out their equity. Anyway, that wraps up this episode. SpaceX raising a billion dollars at a $44 billion valuation. It looks like all-time highs. Unconfirmed, though. So keep that in mind. But I think there's so much more excitement. SpaceX is just getting going. Um, You know, I'm so, so pumped to potentially be involved in this company. And for those of you, don't please don't email me or shoot me a message about investing in SpaceX. I can't help you. I don't know what to say. I'm going to make a video the second I can about how I invested, about what, and then I'm going to make one about how, like literally just like how I sent the money to who with what accounts and whatever. And, you know, and then I'll make another video talking about, um, why I invested, why I thought, you know, 38 to 40, 40 billion was a good price, why I think there's upside, how the financials are going to transform, um, how I think this is going to drive shareholder value in the long term, how I think this is going to be valued, how I think the, the markets will perceive this, all of that. I'm going to make a bunch of content about that. But anyway, just want to get this out there. If you want to buy into SpaceX, though, this is my two cents and invest for you. This is what I did. Hit up every single homie you know in the VC world, your most connected venture capitalist friend and ask them and say, you want to buy into SpaceX and that you're willing to pay absurd fees. That's added to what I do. And I just asked enough people, put that message out enough times until someone was like, wait, I think I can help you buy SpaceX and just didn't give up until I figured it out. And so I think that's really not the best advice, honestly, but that's how I did it. And That wraps up my update on SpaceX. I will be back soon with more videos, so stay tuned and subscribe already if you haven't. Um, This is HyperChange. I'll see you all on Mars. Peace.